0: Welcome to the Fail4 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is change the negative stigma around failure into a positive. Failure is only a negative if we do not learn from it and we give up. Welcome back to the Fail4 podcast. Today I've got Peter Bryant, the crypto professor with me, just to share his story and go into also talking about the world of crypto. So welcome Peter, thanks for coming along. Thank you. So take me back as far as you need to go to sort of your journey and and how you got to crypto as well.
1: Sure. So I kind of started as a musician. I was a specialist um, musician at Peter Simmons in Winchester. That's kind of where my um, kind of studious element came out the most. I wanted to be a musician, basically. I wanted to perform. I wanted to um, be a percussionist. That was my chosen area of uh, of specialism. And I went to Surrey University to do a music degree. And during my music degree, I realized I was reading more about psychology than I was actual music. I was doing obviously everything I needed to do for the degree, but um, I was actually really more, I was interested in more psychology. So at the end of my um, studies, I was going to do a master's and I was going to do music. Um, And then six weeks before I was due to start, uh, a supervisor who I uh, was speaking to at the time um, clicked that I didn't want to do a practice uh, degree or um, practice masters where you actually have a discipline and you train and you do it like a conservatoire, for example. Yeah, I actually wanted to do a research masters because I wanted to understand things and I wanted to pick things apart and tease out why things worked and why things didn't work. Um, so I actually, with six weeks before the deadline, applied to a psychology masters in music, mind and brain at Goldsmiths in London. And within the space of a month, I basically changed my entire trajectory from music to psychology. After doing, uh, using the opportunity to go to London to study for a year, I also wanted to train to be a hypnotherapist uh, because that was really interesting to me at the time. Um, I'd actually watched Darren Brown on the television and really become hypnotized, uh, literally, uh, ha- about his way of viewing psychology and viewing it as a ways of understanding people's perceptions and belief systems, as opposed to just taking everything for granted and people just accepting what they're told etc sure so i started a five year qualification in hypnopsychotherapy which is the most rigorous i could find if you're looking for rigor uh, rigor and empiricism in hypnosis you don't study in the uk generally you go to you go to america and they have much more (coughs) a much more um empiricism friendly approach to psychology and hypnotherapy in in the states than here but i was actually able to luckily find the national college of hypnosis psychotherapy where i did my four, five-year training uh, and became a UKCP accredited psychotherapist. So what does that mean? Well, that basically means um, that I can work with a whole range of different um, issues and symptoms and that's what I've been doing for the last three to four years. Um, And as I was doing that work, as I was working with those clients, 2,000 clients over the space of three years or so, I noticed that a lot of them were very financially disempowered and that was actually exacerbating their Uh, psychological issues because they had these issues they might have depression anxiety etc but those symptoms were exacerbated by their lack of financial resources and you know being a psychotherapist in the UK you're charging maybe 100 150 pounds a session you know not many people can access the help that they need at that kind of remit so in 2018 after qualifying um, I decided to pivot and uh, enter the world of finance and again, within a very short space of time, a month actually, I found a job in a brokerage working as a trader broker uh, for a small boutique hedge fund in Winchester. Worked there for two and a half years, um, traded uh, over $10 million of profitable trades, raised one and a half million just by cold calling on the phone to individuals wow, impressive numbers. Um, and um, basically learned why crypto is important. And that's where my kind of journey with crypto began because once you start understanding crypto, you underst- you can understand the main financial models and the way the, the finance world works through the lens of crypto much more readily than you can if you come from a traditional finance background because everything, the implicit assumptions are all based on top of each other. But if you look at it from crypto, it's kind of like you're viewing it for a prism and it exposes its flaws much more readily than you would if you, say, had a traditional finance background. And so, so that brings me up to the present day where I'm obviously launching a uh, crypto fund um, that is uh, helping, you know, regular business owners, people who don't necessarily want to dedicate their full time into crypto, how to take advantage of those opportunities, which I genuinely believe are fantastic and outweigh most other opportunities within the investment world um, without having to dedicate their entire lives to it.
0: Amazing. So just want to take you back because there was quite a few different pivots and different lefts and rights on your journey there, which is amazing just to see how the trajectory changed through that. Um, You're so right when you said about um, people that you're seeing their financial state would generally be poor because I was one of those people when I lost everything, my mental strength and my financial state was really poor. Um, and I saw um, a psychotherapist and we did loads of work on mindset, m- mindfulness, putting all my demons on a bus and watching them go off. And he was costing me a hundred pounds an hour and he was, it was the best hundred pounds an hour I've ever spent because it really helped me repair my brain in a way. Um, so, you know, I can completely resonate with what you what you're saying there. Um, it's amazing. So so do you do any any psychotherapy now or is you just still you still doing Yeah, that? I yeah. am still
1: practicing a psychotherapist. I think it's important to well, one of the things about trading and especially cryptocurrency trading is having uh, a psychological toolkit with which to uh help you in the market. Um you could be a technical trader in the 95th percentile you could be fantastic but if you don't have the psychology there to back it up you're just gonna make mistakes mm. um so i'm an ardent believer that i you know that they go hand in hand the psychotherapy even though if i wasn't practicing which i still am at the moment um it, it is a toolbox to be exploited rather than it just being uh, a means to an end if you like
0: yeah um Definitely love that because I think you're right, Just not just with crypto, but with business in general, having the right mindset and the right thought patterns along with the hard work, the determination, the the skill set to run a business or crypto fund or whatever it is, to have that right mindset is key. They talk about everything in business, they say um, that the mindset without the skill set will leave you upset, something along those lines. <laughs> um and also, I think Henry Ford says, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Um, so it's so, so good to have that balance of mindset and, and running the business. Um, so, yeah, I love what you're doing there. So talk to me about um, crypto and where you're at now in your crypto journey. Sure. So on 1st of April, uh, I
1: started my own venture capital fund uh, with 10 investors um, and things have been going well. Well, actually, we we started the fund uh, in April and obviously we're at, well, beginning of June now. So the fund actually, Bitcoin, if you look at the market for the last nine weeks, has actually been dropped consecutively for the last nine weeks, which is actually the first time in history has ever done that. It's never been as bearish. So we actually launched the fund at a time when uh, the crypto market was, uh, well, it's turned extremely bearish, but it's still... It's still bullish, if you like. It's still We're still expecting upward trajectory. It's just at the moment, the psychology of the market is such that it's going to probably take a little while for people to come around to the idea that crypto is um, is worth investing in again. Um, and that's what we're seeing the doldrums at the moment, where things oscillate between very narrow ranges, Bitcoin between $28,000 and $32,000, for example. Staying within that range is the indecision in the market with people going, oh, it's Bitcoin going to drop lower is it going to go higher this is where the psychological element comes into it because if you can infer the markets and infer what the market is likely to do even if it's manipulated you can get an edge so one of the major criticisms of uh, crypto is that it is very manipulated and it is but it's manipulated by people who you can understand the economic interests of and therefore you can surmise what is likely to happen at the moment a lot of people down at the bottom of the market are buying heavily into Bitcoin. $28,000 is actually a really interesting psychological price point. Um, And that means it's unlikely to go lower than that. If it does, then something else is going on. Um, But basically, the implicit assumption is that um, Bitcoin will be over 100k within the next 24 months or so. So, you know, Context is really important in this, and I think that comes back to failure as well, because understanding failure is really vital in context. You know, failure changes its um, meaning over time. So some failures, um, you know, they're they're very explicit. Um, uh, other failures are not so much, and we we actually tend to think more in explicit terms, especially when they're happening to us, or we're in the midst of them, than they are actually in hindsight. So I'll give you an example. Um, I had a business that was a psychotherapy business and I had 12 employees um, and they were operating telephones uh, across the country dealing with uh, insurance claims. So person had a car accident, uh, they went to rehabilitation, they got physio and they got psychotherapeutic help, basically. Um, that ran for about two years, um, but the supplier who was supplying me um, folded. Um, and they didn't tell me that until about six months afterwards. Um, so in the meantime, I'd wondered where this cash flow wasn't coming from. Um, I was continuing to pay my staff on credit cards, um, and uh, yeah, the whole thing basically imploded. So that kind of experience taught me that to to really kind of understand the roots of all businesses. So why were they not getting their cash flow across to me? Well, turns out there was some dodgy things going on uh, up the echelons basically but um knowing when you have that gut feeling of something's not quite right really listen to it because it's usually something you know if you're wrong you can appease that feeling and you can go with it basically um but if you're right and chances are you know eight out of ten times it's going to be right then at least you're you're either not understanding something or you you, you actually picked up on something that it's genuinely a problem Sure, um, and and that experience of going through those failures, I wouldn't have that kind of implicit sixth sense to trust my instincts like that if I hadn't been
0: through those experiences. Sure, and would you say that's what the biggest thing you learned from the business failure? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and what anything else that you learned off the off of that? Um. Well,
1: the phrase "never count your chickens before they've hatched <laughs> it comes to mind um yeah. that that really does apply in trading as well because you know you might have a trade where you have an unrealized gain so you bought some bitcoin say for example and it's gone up 10 percent, and then you're faced with the dilemma of oh, what do i take profits and take a nice 10 percent, or do i leave it and you know collect 20 30 percent theoretically you know and you know experienced traders novice traders you know we always go through that same experience of oh i'll take a nice profit uh 10 great fantastic and then the next day you see it's at 20 percent, and you think oh what could i had mm. the alternative is not taking profit and seeing it drop down to where you bought it or even worse below where you bought it and thinking well i could have had 10 percent for free sure um so it's about getting around that and one of the one of the best ways to get around that is just to be flexible so I have a mantra basically where I divide my trades into multiple tranches. And what you do is you take a small tranche at that 10%. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're being as flexible as you possibly can be. So when it goes up to 20% or if it goes back down to to the buying price, you can do something. Yeah. So almost it's almost like you're treating the markets as ambiguously as possible um and just adapting yourself to the market you're not trying to predict the market you're not trying to move against the market you're not trying to um you know uh, fight the market all you're trying to do is adapt to it and whatever it does you just do the same it's kind of what, like, like what i do in therapy yeah so a client comes to me they've got an issue they've got a problem um i might have 20 ways that i can think of that they might be able to solve this problem but no but 15 of them just won't suit the client they won't do the work. They won't want to do it. They, they will be too intimidated by it, etc. You know, their their reasons are are irrelevant. Um, the same with finance. Okay, um, there might be fifty projects out there that theoretically could do the same gains, but they all have different risk appetites and risk profiles, and they all have different likelihoods of succeeding as well. Picking the ones that are likely to profit is uh, more straightforward than just blind luck trying to guess the market that's what a lot of people do in crypto they just rely on blind luck and then they wonder why things don't work out the way they want to because even if they are lucky they don't sell out at the right price or they don't exit at the right occasion or they pay exorbitant fees um so effectively due diligence and you asked me what lessons i'd learned from that i suppose don't count your chickens before they hatch and due diligence is the two lessons that i would say are most important there yeah
0: so it'd been finding out more about your client and what yeah. state they're in and yeah. things like doing
1: that. the hard doing the hard work basically which yeah. is what people don't necessarily want to do but if you apply the hard work in crypto this is why crypto gets a bad rap is that it's it's marketed as this thing that's you know will make you a millionaire overnight and it's marketed as thing as oh you just set up this account and you buy this crypto it goes up a 100x and you sell out happy days yeah. buy a lamborghini <laughs> um It's not quite like that. No, Um, You need to understand if you're going to, there are some people who do that and they make the headlines and then everyone thinks they're going to be like them. Um, But you need to necessarily understand why crypto is moving the way it is. So, for example, uh, if I can segue into what's currently happening in crypto at the moment, it's very much on point with failure. Uh, Last month, we had two major crypto projects collapse. Uh, $50 billion worth of uh, crypto money was wiped out um, in the collapse of two tokens called Terra and Luna. Now, it's a bit complicated, um, so if you want to research this, go ahead. Um, but basically, they relied on each other algorithmically for backing. Terra was a stable coin, so it was worth $1, or supposed to be worth the $1. Um, and Luna was the mechanism by which you could mint or burn, create or destroy um tether so usdt basically what happened is people pulled out a lot of capital out of usdt which caused its price to drop to 91 cents then people decided to exploit that feature to mint luna at a preferential price which caused the luna price to drop from 118 dollars down to about 80 at this point the people behind terra luna had a collateralized fund of 1.5 billion dollars of bitcoin that they decided to sell in order to increase the price of the stablecoin back from 91 cents to a dollar. That actually had the inverse effect because panic then ensued across the entire market because every crypto token dropped because every crypto token is correlated more or less to Bitcoin. Sure. So that exacerbated their problems even further. And then the token price dropped to 68 cents. By this point, you know, you're down... 32 percent on an investment that's supposed to say at a dollar that is stable and secure and it's supposed to be worth one dollar um everyone panicked and now the token prices are around about two cents or so and there are murmurs of and there were, there's been products launched to try and um recreate or uh, re-establish that but the trust the psychology of the market is now so fundamentally different that they're not going into the same they might have the same product but they're not having the same effect on the market because of people's you know there's still 10 billion dollars of money waiting for that dollar to go back to that two cents to go back to a dollar which is very very unlikely because it's obviously going to have to you know 20 30 40 times its current market capitalization to get back to where it was, which isn't going to happen.
0: Yeah. Wow, there's some pretty big numbers there, and I'm sure some of the audience might be listening, thinking, you know, that's huge, and h- how can I invest in crypto when things like that happen? So what would you what, what do you say the biggest learnings are from that, and how do, would you, in doing what you do, pr- sort of protect against those sorts of things? Sure. So um,
1: risk management is just fundamental. So we were invested in that token, uh we the fund <clears throat> had ten thousand dollars invested in that token. we had a stop loss triggered at around about sixty eight cents um so we lost around about three thousand five hundred dollars or so um consequently, in the weeks since we've actually made
0: that back so just to catch you there, you've got so when it gets down to a certain amount it's it automatically sells out yes okay, yeah. okay cool yeah. so
1: um risk management is 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 key uh, and especially in crypto now crypto stop losses are a little bit of a double-edged sword yeah, because crypto assets by their very nature are really volatile. Um, and when you set a stop loss, you risk having it triggered by accident almost because yeah. the price uh, goes along, it, it goes down, and then it immediately rebounds, but you set your stop loss at the down point, and that's it, exit. Yeah. Um, and that's just unfortunately a little bit of a path of the territory, really, because um, it, it, it's just you know with something like forex you know the dollar's never going to drop 10% in a day and then recover you know that's that's something that doesn't happen very often um but with crypto that's a daily occurrence yeah so you can hedge you can own uh, corresponding cryptocurrencies that kind of cancel each other out and that was the kind of point of terra luna the the ironic thing about terra luna is that it was allegedly a really safe bet yeah um, it was one of the safest cryptocurrencies. in actual fact, it was the safest part of our portfolio um in you know which, which reflects kind of the way people think about risk is that people look at these projects they say right um how long has the, well, the project hadn't actually been around that long, but you' usually it's a case of leg- legacy. so how long has the project been around? How much capital is deployed in it and The problem is that those two um, correlate quite strongly and are comorbid. The longer that a project has been around, the more likely it is to have money behind it. But that doesn't actually affect the underlying risk. The project could still fail tomorrow. OK, Bitcoin could fail tomorrow. OK, it's very, very unlikely to, but it theoretically could. So one of the ways that I go into my investments is I psychologically write off that money to an extent at least to the stop loss that we've put in place sure um and as long as you're comfortable and happy with that and you can sleep at night knowing that you know 95 of my net worth is still in crypto even at these prices yeah um uh yeah it's not as comfortable as it was four or five months ago Sure. but um i haven't panic sold which is where people do most of their damage is their yeah. panic sell and they, you know, get out for a reason that is just how they feel in that split second, which yeah. is very, um, uh, we we trick ourselves all the time. Um, and how you feel in one particular moment can be completely different to how you feel 20 seconds later. And if you're using that impetus to decide on whether to make large financial decisions, this is where the time in the market, not time out of the market helps where people say you should just put money in an index fund, leave it for 20 years and not really look at it. That's where that comes from. It's stopping those people from trying to buy the buy buy low and sell high, basically, sure. which obviously is, is bread and butter in yeah. crypto. Um, the trouble with index funds is they aren't volatile enough to actually do that really well. But with crypto, you can. So a little story of mine, I bought um, uh, a lot of uh, crypto called Syscoin for around about two and a half cents it went up to $1.30. Now, if you're not buying low and selling high with those type of movements, um, there's there's something quite fundamentally wrong because overnight um, you could pretty much, you know, triple or double your money. Um, and if you're unwilling to take even a little bit of a profit on that, you're going to have problems. In actual fact, I do have friends and colleagues who uh, did exactly that. So there was a gentleman I was coaching um, during 2020, during the lockdown, he had eighty thousand pounds of savings, um, and he put them basically all into crypto at really good prices. Um, around about November last year, he was up around about one hundred and fifty thousand pounds. So we had about two hundred so on top of the two hundred thirty thousand yeah. pounds. So basically, he was up almost a quarter of a million. Wow! Um, in total, um, felt it was going higher. Didn't take any profit. Uh, we recently had a communication uh, after not speaking for a while. Um, where he said that he was actually below everything he'd mm. actually and so he would basically watched 150,000 pounds disappear um i think temporarily yeah um sure. but if he'd have liquidated some of that this is where the yeah. the kind of not being afraid not be being afraid of failure is almost worse than actually having the failure yeah because what he was worried about is the opportunity cost of selling out and then not having that additional gain yes but when, when it gets to six figures, you kind of just got to go pinch yourself and just kind yeah. of go, right, well, you know, even if it does double from here, yeah, you know, 100 grand is still 100 grand.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're still going to make some money out of it. Yeah. And I suppose for now, he's got to hold his nerve for a little bit and, and, and yeah. wait for it to go back up. And I think that's quite a valid um, lesson, even in business, because when my business, before my business went under, I'd done about three years of paying myself about a thousand pound a month. And I kept saying, oh, I'll pay myself more, when we make some more money and what i should have been doing is paying myself a decent wage because i was working the hardest and i was i was, I was working many hours and in the end um we came away with not any money because we would put all our savings into the business we put everything into it um, so I can definitely resonate with taking a bit of money. And it's definitely a, a key thing to do, whether it's crypto or a business, it's paying yourself, you know, a, a return. So you, you, if the business goes or the crypto goes, you've actually paid yourself something yeah. for, for having it. So, so yeah, that's really interesting. So the, the, the sort of the advice would be to anybody doing crypto is to be definitely taking a, a profit out of it at some point yeah. through, through the running time. The
1: advice is to have the idea of where you're going to take profit in mind before you go into the market. Yeah. So right now, if you're buying Bitcoin, you know, it depends on your time frame. It depends what type of investor you want to be. Do you want to be a long-term investor? In which case, crypto long-term is twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, that's a long-term investor in crypto. The market is just the market time frames are just shorter yeah. than say a stock. Sure. Stock would be five to ten years for yeah. long-term. Um, or do you want to be a hyper day trader? Do you want to buy? a crypto that's down 20% today and it's up 20% tomorrow. Sure. What time, you know, they, they both have different kind of lifestyles, I suppose. Yeah. Um, if you want to be up 24-7 watching the market so that kind of really makes you excited, then go for the go mm-hmm. for the day trading. If you want to uh, make money but not really worry about how much or you just want to double or triple your funds, go for the long term. Sure. And generally speaking, the long term is going to have more success and less failure than the short term. Yeah. Um. Just because you're going to be doing a ton of work to do the short-term trading for not probably that much of a payoff. Um, whereas with the long-term investing, you can just leave the money there. You can maybe earn a yield on it, which is even more attractive. Um, so I actually have it um, compounding during that process and then sell it out at a time. So if I were targeting the market at the moment, I'd be saying buy around $30,000 Bitcoin, sell at 60,000, double your money. Yeah. And not really worry about the time frame element. Yeah. Um, you know, in two years, you'll probably realize that. And, you know, there's not many other investments out there that in a two year time frame could theoretically double your money, especially in the market conditions that we have in the moment that with the macroeconomic situation that we have at the moment where everyone is a little bit more risk off, shall sure. we say.
0: Sure. Yeah, I've got a friend who does that sort of day trading and he's usually up all through the night and you know studying all the charts and he gets a real buzz out of it but he's taken a lot of time to research crypto and understand it and certainly last year when I got into a bit of crypto he was very much like you saying I was the other end of the spectrum where I was doing it more for a longer term investment putting a bit in and not doing day trading and just going off his advice so Just tell me a little bit about the, you know, you you talked about at the beginning, the group of of businesses that you're currently, you've created or you're helping, you know, invest into crypto. Sure. How does that work? So
1: effectively, um, this has been running as a beta program, basically, uh, first and foremost, and it's called Trade Assist. And basically what it is, is if you're interested in crypto, uh, you might have already had a dabble in crypto, basically, but you want a helping hand basically and you want to have it facilitated for you um, you can join the fund Um, for the beta there was a five thousand pounds deposit um, and it's part of a limited liability partnership so you're basically joining me as a partner or the fund as a partner and then what will happen is proposals will be voted on by the group and a majority vote gets the consensus it's effectively a very um, clunky what's called a DAO a a decentralized autonomous organization so um, there are uh, digital versions of this happening within the crypto sphere um, that are all done on smart contracts so they're all done via algorithms and uh, that kind of thing maybe towards you know two three years down the road we might get towards that kind of area but at the moment I'm centralizing the DAO and everything is happening through kind of my trade ideas my experience etc and I'm picking certain projects that I have either uh, a long-term history with or understand or have done the necessary due diligence that could take you know three or four full-time days of uh, of just actually looking at the projects and working out whether they're long-term orientated whether just fly by nights or you know dogecoin would be an example of a token that I wouldn't necessarily give much time to um, just because it doesn't really have much utility behind it um, other than when Elon Musk is tweeting on Twitter yeah. in which case then I might because then uh, suddenly everyone decides that it's a brilliant investment and it's going to skyrocket. Yeah, um, sure. These are the things you, the meme culture with crypto which is kind of stopped because of this decline with the NFTs and that kind of situation that was uh, a little bit exhausting because it was like people didn't look at these investments as investments they just looked at them as um, just a way of printing money basically and they they forgot the real term value of crypto is being able to digitize something of value that has an economic impact and send it anywhere in the world sure. that's that's what bitcoin's use model is basically yeah. um, and then you have ethereum which is you know a digital computer that's its offering so understanding where the offering is is um is one of the keys that i utilize in order to not uh fall foul of losing money in crypto and sure. obviously you know with day trading it doesn't really matter so much because you're just using the volatility for its own gain you're not using you're not staying in the market long term yeah um but with, with day trading, that's when you need to really up your game in terms of stop losses, that kind of thing.
0: So do you, is this group, is that the long term investment? Yeah. Yeah. So you're not so, doing any day trading within it. You're just using their, yeah. their money to invest yeah. over time. So these people, that businesses that are involved in it, is, is, is that so they just have a hands off experience essentially and you just lead them to, to, to where? So easy. basically
1: they do votes. They have yeah. to vote on every proposal. Um, but all the transactions, everything is done through the firm um, and they get a monthly report saying it's actually published online now um, uh, through uh, my substack, Clearly Crypto, um, which I'm actually launching at the end of June. Um, So that will be, uh, there'll be a performance report, which is made public um, to subscribers um, and 1% a month is basically the target that we're targeting. So that's a nice achievable uh, return that in you know normal economic times is actually very attractive 12 per cent per year yeah. is actually you know yeah, really three much. or four percent more than the stock market will return yeah. and maybe one or two percent on top of a
0: good property yeah. investment or even just savings accounts now like yeah. you know you're getting nothing at all yeah. are you so exactly so yeah so what do you do you talked a little bit about earlier to 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 prevent the risk of obviously you know someone putting their money in and 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 it and it disappearing so what do you do to mitigate that so i look for asymmetric risk
1: opportunities so you know would i buy bitcoin at $65,000 no why well because it's only ever been there once yeah and when it got there it was parabolic in its nature so the risk there is really high yeah there's um something you know it it sounds a little uh, trite but there are two types of investor there's dumb money and there's smart money dumb money and we're all we're all dumb money at some and we're all smart money at some point we're not one or the other okay and dumb money are the people or the the decisions that are made when things like dogecoin come through because yeah you could buy dogecoin for fractions of a cent and watch it go up to two cents and sell out and make a huge profit Fantastic. You look like smart money. Yeah. But the reasons for your investment weren't smart. You just happened to be lucky. Yes. Paradoxically, you could put the most diligent work into a token, um, uh, Value DeFi, for example, that I had. I lost $6,000 um, in an investment in Value DeFi that looked fantastic on paper. They had a really good smart contract. They've been audited twice by different institutions um they got hacked ultimately so it wasn't really their uh their fault ultimately and the you know in this new finance world smart contracts hacks are just the the new bank robberies you know they are going to happen um you just can't control for them so you know there's a lot of talk about black swans and that kind of thing but with crypto you can't really say a black swan a black swan event in crypto would be bitcoin stopping tomorrow that would be a black swan event um A grey swan event, as I kind of started to call them, would be this Terra Luna situation where the signs were there that something might go wrong, but they just weren't audible. They were lost in the noise. And obviously, crypto is a bound for noise. There's so much noise going on, news media, this, that and the other. As soon as crypto takes a nosedive, the mainstream journalists are all over it, um, shouting it from the rooftops. And that's why everyone has a slightly negative opinion about crypto is because there's either criminal activity going on or... It's a place where people lose loads of money. And that's why the psychology in the next few months is going to be very subdued about crypto. But smart money will be exploiting this to make the most of getting the biggest positions down at these attractive prices. And kind of suffering in the short term for the long term gain, which is kind of what failure does. Yeah, It's suffering in the short term for long term gain. So if you're going through some kind of failure at the moment or you think something is failing... um, it's actually, there's a phrase in from psychotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming, there is no failure, only feedback. Yes. Now that's a little like bit that. trite because if you treat all failure like feedback, then you're not really going to learn as much as you might do if you were to just call it failure and be comfortable with failure. There's another uh, book called uh, No Regrets where uh, a gentleman decided to challenge himself to fail for 100 consecutive days with you know, things like going to Starbucks and asking for a half price coffee. You know, yeah. if they say yes, fantastic. If they say no, which he's obviously expecting, he gets to condition himself to not be as afraid of failure as he might have been. And it works all the way up to him going to, you know, ask someone to play baseball in his backyard, just a complete stranger. And he says yes. And it actually taught him that, you know, 70% of what we fear is... Is our own projections of what we would do in those situations where if we were asked about those situations when we actually have no idea what other people are thinking in their heads at any given point. So if you go and ask someone, oh, can i can have a half-priced coffee, they might be like, Yeah, fine. Um, I'll put it on my bill mm-hmm. and I will be get a 50% discount as a staff member anyway. I'll just wave this one through. And you got a half-priced coffee, you feel good because you did something that challenged you and you got through with it. And it kind of, um, those little microcosms, those little experiments that you can do in your day-to-day life build up over time so that when you have a big business decision and you're thinking, well, do I take the risk? Do I expand my business? Do I close my business? Do I take on this new contract? Do I not? Um, You can actually think through the the habits of thoughts that someone who is less prone to fear failure would do.
0: Yeah, absolutely love that because I talk about it a lot. The fear of failure is what's gets us to procrastinate a lot and when we procrastinate we fantasize over those what could happen and you know a lot of the things that we fear never actually no. come to fruition at all and no. it's just the that exact thing of thinking what would i do in this situation and, and and around that so i mean that's really really good profound um information there i love that um so with this um, fund for the guys that you've got these businesses that you've got involved, and you say it's in beta tester mode. Yes. Are you accepting more people into that, or are you just keeping that as a closed group at the I moment? I will
1: be accepting more people into that. Um, the mechanics of doing all that. This is why it's in beta, is because I'm literally figuring out as I go along. Yeah. I have a model that I'm working to that um, worked in my old. Um, a place of work that that actually it's it's not a model that I'm cloning it's actually a model that I'm moving away from yeah. because they used to charge 3% per trade it was on a commission basis this is a profit only fund so performance only so if partners make money I make money if we don't make money they don't make money this is a case in point this month yeah. um, we lost $3,500 last month I didn't collect a fee Yeah. this month provided we make $3,500 I will collect a profit on anything over that sure so it's really within my vested interest to make the fund work and that's where our you know values are aligned and a lot of investments um the value between the uh the, the contractor or the supplier if you like and the customer are not aligned yeah uh, even in the stock market and things like that you know they'd collect their two percent fee regardless of whether your money is uh ultimately profitable you know ten yeah. percent um you know two percent fee over 10 years you know adds up to quite a lot if you compound it uh, out of a portfolio Um, I chose not to do a fee-based system you know the business model at the moment is not taking any fees unless we make money which you know is an untested business model but I feel it's um, I feel it really does highlight my commitment to my belief that crypto is a viable thing and a viable investment, yeah, uh, worth getting into, and then it's kind of on my shot. You know, they provide the the capital, the C capital, if you like, um, and then it's up to me to generate the returns. So far, you know, the first month we generated one percent. That was great. We actually generated three percent unrealized. Um, that disappeared because of the market. So we realized our one percent. So following through with the principles that I laid out earlier, we collected our one percent. The 2% that we could have had disappeared because the market collapsed. Um, Second month, we lost 6% um, because of the uh, Lunar USD situation. We're now back up to break even. So as of, you know, early June, we are back up to break even. By the end of this month, we should actually be, uh, you know, 1% or 2% up. So actually fulfilling that 1% um, over the 12 months is relatively straightforward given market dynamics and obviously, you know, Hopefully, we'll see the worst is over for crypto yeah. for the time being. Um, but we, we, you know, crypto does test you, and I think business in general. This is why I'm targeting small business owners. is because they have that entrepreneur, entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah, you know, they're they they're willing to they're willing to risk uh, a certain amount of capital for an asymmetric reward when they understand what the reward is, which is exactly what small business owners do. Yeah, um, they they see a, a product, they see a market, they see a sector. Uh, they say it's undervalued or undersupplied and they want to take advantage of that. So they do that. And, you know, whether it's a win or lose circumstance, that decision to go and chase that was still right, yeah, um, you sure. know, regardless of the outcome.
0: Yeah. And it takes time, doesn't it? Everything with, with business, you know, it, it takes time. And like yes. you say, you're not, yes. it's not a short term no. gain. It's going to be yeah. over the next 12 12- 18, 24 months. So I yeah. absolutely love that what you're doing there. Your your USP is that you're, you've basically got skin in the game, which is your yes. time and expertise. Yes. And If they don't make money, if you don't make money, they don't make money, etc. Yeah. Which is a really good USP to have. And I think that will definitely build trust because what people like to see is, is that you're going to be, you know, you're making money when it makes money. So they know and can trust that you're going to be doing everything you can yeah. to make the fund work. Because if Kind of if you don't, and I don't, un, I've not done much investing. So for me, I, I'd be thinking to myself, well, that's fantastic because, you know, you don't want to pay somebody a fee. No. And then really that's it. They just sort of sat there and you're thinking, well, they don't need to work hard for this. And and you're, you're then doing your due diligence, using all your experience. And you actually made a really valid point that you know, you're in beta tester mode, you are kind of just working it out as you go along. Um, I did an episode recently, which is self-development versus winging it and having the right balance of just going out there and doing something and learning. And you could sit there reading and learning about crypto for two years and then in two years time start a fund But then you've got two years of time where you've not been doing it. And I can see that you're doing the right balance of you've got the experience, you've got the psychological experience, you've got the finance experience and the crypto experience. And now you're putting this together with your idea and you're getting the right balance of working out as you go along, beta testing, and then actually just, you know, the, 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 kind of knowledge that you've got and putting that together and making it happen. So, yeah, I wish you every success and I'm actually quite intrigued to to, to talk to you in the future about that. Um, so tell me about, um, you gave me before we came into here, um, Peter gave me a book. So tell me about the book and and how you come about writing that and, and what that involved. Yeah. So, um,
1: as I was working at the brokerage, um, which I won't talk about it now, but it is another story about failure that I can talk about in the future. Um, I actually started just the the paradigm shift that I went through uh, was really powerful and I was talking to people on the phone doing you know four hours of uh, warm and cold calls a day um, speaking to thousands of investors and I just thought well there should be a book that basically says why should you be invested in crypto because you know I got everything oh I don't want to invest in that it's not real money um you know uh, why you know I got the full list of objections as a salesperson that you would and I had you know had really good answers I thought for most of them that were you know, empirically researched you know they were they weren't just your trite um, you know uh, conversation uh, objection over uh, you know getting over objections that sales people go through uh, they're actually focused on crypto and specific to crypto so um, I thought well I'll write a book about why cryptocurrency is important and uh, you know make it quite short and over 9 months i actually wrote um crypto profits um published it in january 2020 i did actually use an editor um to actually tie everything up and make sure that my editor actually was complete crypto skeptic which is brilliant <laughs> um because i didn't want I, group groupthink is a real problem in yeah. crypto and i wanted him to kind of be the the overseer Um, So I supplied him with uh, 80,000 words. He cut it down to 40,000 words uh, quite uh, brutally. uh, But it was great because what it meant was I had this short kind of uh, punchy um, argument to say, well, uh, here's my thoughts on crypto. Um, Let me know what you think, basically. And that was published when Bitcoin was £6,000, Ethereum was £200, and Ripple was, you know, $0.16 or $0.15, I think. And since then, I've been proven right. Um, Crypto was worthwhile investing. Um, Bitcoin went up to 60,000. So Bitcoin basically did 10x, which is what I said in the book. Ethereum did 20x and Ripple did 30x so if you'd invested at the time that i published the book in actual fact my publisher my editor uh, said he wanted to be paid in pounds not in ethereum or not in bitcoin if he had been paid in bitcoin or ethereum then uh, then he would have collected a larger <laughs> fee uh proportionally speaking but uh, you know, that's his prerogative um but now the you know everyone goes oh yeah great you did that that was two years ago um you know what what about now and you know at the time, me saying Bitcoin was going to be worth, you know, I think it was $100,000. or t- I was very deliberate not to say specific numbers, uh, but I wanted to say percentages. So I did say 10X. So technically it would be 60,000. Um, when you said to someone, you know, all Bitcoin had ever been was 20,000, and you say 60,000, I think, oh no. I had a reviewer come back to me and say, well, this is very um, over-enthusiastic, I think <laughs> you put it. Um, and, and, and it'll be interesting to see whether things match up kind of, you know, tongue in cheek. Um, but yeah, I, I, and then... You Know if I was writing the same book now, I'd be saying, Well, Bitcoin, uh, 250,000, um, within the next 36 months. Timeframes oh. are a little bit interesting with uh, with crypto, but within 36 months, 250,000, yeah. Ethereum, probably, t- uh, five figures, 10,000 pounds, yeah. Um, and Ripple, probably around about five dollars or so. Uh, yeah. There's a little bit of controversy with uh, Ripple being involved in the SEC at the moment, which might mer that, sure. Um, but. You know, people look back and they think, ah, if only I'd invested then, I'd have this now. And it's always the hindsight bias kicking in, basically. And what people don't do is the the the, the market conditions at the moment, um, they cause uh, complacency. Because people think, oh, it's been $30,000 for the last six weeks. It'll stay there. What I'm really hoping is, I'm just planning to um, grow this uh, fund idea uh, at the end of June. Uh, I'm doing a talk um, at Old Bond Store. And um, I'm hoping the market stays where it is at the moment so that we can leverage up, um, put more capital in at really, really attractive prices. I actually held off the first month of the fund from buying anything because everything was very highly priced, I thought. And then it got down to a nice attractive price and then it dropped even further. Sure. So it's kind of swings and roundabouts in that kind of perspective. But um, yeah, the the book sold relatively well. Um, It's got 218 reviews on Amazon. Uh, presently, uh, which I'm very pleased about. And if you have read it, please review it because um, I, I want to, you know, I, I want to encourage people to think critically about crypto. Yeah. There's a lot of other books out there that don't encourage people to think critically about crypto. Um, and I am I want people to actually examine their thinking about crypto and, you know, if they're not attracted to it, why, that's perfectly fine. If they can ask me, ask me why they're not particularly attracted to crypto, great, fantastic. If it's not for them, they don't like it, it's too volatile. If they haven't got the right risk appetite, perfect. My parents, and not attracted to crypto in any way, shape, or form. They just don't have the stomach for it. Sure. Um, but if you know, if you're an entrepreneur and if you're uh, prone to you know risking a thousand pounds with the potential of getting two thousand uh, pounds at some point in the future, and you could afford to lose that thousand pounds in an unprecedented you know uh, black swan event, then fine. That's the type of person that I'm looking to read crypto profit
0: perfect and so the name of the book is crypto profit crypto profit and you can get it on amazon it is available on amazon perfect okay so another question i've got for you if um it's a couple of probably a series of two or three questions but the first one would be if somebody um, is listening to this and they've had a load of money like your friend has who it went up and it went down and they're now looking sort of licking their wounds a little bit what would you say to that person if they're getting a bit nervous with their money in there what bit of advice would you give them
1: zoom out Look okay. at the charts, but zoom out perspective wise, yeah, you know Bitcoin went from twenty thousand dollars to three thousand dollars, and there were people still holding at three thousand dollars that had their profit taking opportunity at twenty thousand sure. If you pan out and zoom out of um crypto markets, you actually realize the volatility isn't what you think it is. Yeah. if you're checking every single day as i do um yeah. it you can get very much whiplashed. Yeah. Um, you know, I bought Bitcoin 29,500 over the weekend. It's now 31 and a half yeah. on Monday morning. You know, do we take profit? Probably not because it's probably going to continue with momentum. Sure. So if you're worried about your portfolio, just think long term. You know, yeah. there's, you, there's a seesaw of operation, basically, when people are really shouting crypto from the rooftops and everyone is really positive and optimistic about crypto, get out. When everyone is really fear, uncertainty, and doubt, FUD, when there's a new story every day about crypto being destroyed, regulated, um, you know, um, collapse, incoming, etc. That's the time when you need to be either re-examining your portfolio, re-examining your previous decisions, recalibrating it, because now is a great time if you've seen different crypto opportunities and you think one is better than the other to recalibrate because everything's basically... Uh, on the start line again because of the drop, um, you can actually do that and take advantage of that opportunity, and just to ignore the noise basically. If you're investing in crypto, you should know why you're investing in crypto and where you're going to get out. Yeah, and as long as those two things are still as resolute as when you made them, that's fine. If something's threatened that, for example, there's a you know if you're uh, invested in a crypto project that's maybe you know seventy five percent down. But it's not because of market conditions; it's because the firm has collapsed, or the you know the leader has left the project, or you know something from a value investing perspective has changed. Um, i.e., that if it was a stock, you would change your opinion as well. That's when you reevaluate. Yeah. So as long as everything is the same as it was when you were at all-time highs, if not better, that's the key difference. If it's better than when it was at all-time highs invest more yeah if you're able to or just leave everything as it is sure. the alternative is to find um a yield bearing um arrangement so earning a yield on your crypto so it's not just sta- sat there doing nothing or it feels like it's not doing nothing you're actually earning a generating revenue and that's something that i can theoretically talk to people about if they're interested because there are numerous opportunities out there for you know even bitcoin ethereum any big crypto project you can earn maybe 10 per year just with it sitting there yeah sure um and that's something that people can do if they're worried.
0: So it goes back to what you're saying earlier, which is do do doing the due diligence yeah. and knowing that. The and more you know, the better. The more you know, and knowing yeah. that the, the, that particular project, like you say, the leader's gone, yeah. or it's a yeah. project that's that's gone south, yeah. and knowing that, which I think quite a few people don't know, because a lot of, for me, I just looked at crypto, and there's just lots of three, three, three letters on a on a thing, and I'm looking what's this, and I'm going to my mate, what about this one, what about that one, and he's done lots and lots of research. Um, so it's definitely doing due, due, due diligence. So I suppose that leads me on to the next question. Anyone who's listening to this that, that doesn't know anything about crypto, who's thinking, oh, I might like a bit of that and I wanna I've got some money I'd like to invest, what bit of advice would you say to them, apart from obviously reading your book, but what bit of advice would you give them? Sure. Um and and I suppose the question's two two answers. Somebody who wants to d- dive deep into it and do the due diligence, and what advice would you give to someone who just wants to have do a passive sort of I say passive probably not the right word but just sort of invest and let someone else do it sure
1: okay so uh first and foremost a uh, an announcement an yeah. exclusive um yeah. i'm actually planning uh, exactly this type of mechanism for my new offering which is called clearlycrypto.co.uk um effectively there's going to be two uh tiers there's going to be a proprietary tier and there's going to be a free tier now if you just want to dabble and you're not really interested that much in crypto, but you just want to do it the right way and you want to have the right kind of thoughts about it, you can sign up um, on Clearly Crypto to the free tier and you get one email a week that basically provokes you into thinking about crypto a little bit more. Yeah. And it kind of challenges the assumptions and challenges and gets you kind of ruminating and thinking about crypto in a way that perhaps you wouldn't do if you were just doing standard investing. Yeah. The proprietary model is you pay a subscription um, to get access to all of my writings basically including the fund writings uh, and including kind of proprietary trade uh, ideas and analysis and moving capital around that kind of thing where you're able to actually effectively copy what i do basically yeah. and you can choose in that uh, what you decide to do so if you have no idea about crypto at all just buy bitcoins just buy bitcoin ethereum Um, you know, do a little bit of due diligence like with things like Ripple, for example. So if you type Ripple right now into Google, pretty much front page of Google is going to be something to do with the SEC and their investigation. So you can kind of go, oh, hang on a second. Am I willing to risk that? The second the SEC uh, drops that case or they win it, um, buy buy Ripple. 150% trade right there. But if you've got to time that really carefully, you've got to really be on it. So I say that with a pinch of salt. If you're able to buy, you know, if you hear on the, you know, if, you, if you're at your desk trading and the news is on and you hear that it's done, just buy. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you're probably going to miss it because within half an hour, the trade will be over. Sure. But just buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, top 10 projects. This is where the Terra Luna situation was, was unprecedented because top 10 projects are usually quite safe. Sure. But they collapsed. But what you're looking for is decentralization. Yeah. So Bitcoin and Ethereum are decentralized. Yeah. Uh, Terra Luna was not. It was actually quite centralized. I see. Yeah. So what you're looking for is decentralization. Um, So I would say just buy, you know, if you've got a thousand pounds, buy $500 of Bitcoin, buy $500 of Ethereum. Try and be diversified. Yeah. I actually have a playbook that I'm launching as well as part of Clearly Crypto, which has specific instructions of what to do if you have a thousand pounds, if you have three thousand pounds, if you have five thousand pounds to invest uh, and you don't want to do it through a third party. Um, and you can just literally put that to work you can earn a yield on it um 10 percent per year so not only are you investing crypto you're also earning 10 percent a year on it as well um and that's all you know kind of provided for you uh in kind of paint by numbers approach to crypto basically so you don't really have to do any of the due, due diligence because everything has been done for you um and the due, due diligence is minimal because it's a decentralized uh asset that doesn't have a corporate behind it doesn't have an LLC behind it doesn't have a you know a, a leader for all intents and purposes Ethereum has uh, Vitalik Buterin as its leader um, but he doesn't really have ultimate control over it um, it's it's a decentralized environment where 4,000 developers are working 24-7 and you know if uh, Vitalik were to you know decide tomorrow he doesn't want to be involved in Ethereum anymore Ethereum would still continue sure whereas with Terra Luna situation Um, the person behind that, if he decided that he didn't want to be involved with it anymore, that would that would cause a, a bigger issue with that particular project because it's so centralized
0: kind of related to business again, you know, you yeah. don't want you to be the, the person no. running it to be the central point that's keeping the whole glue no. together. You yeah. want it to be able to run itself. Right. Yeah. So no. um, is it clearly crypto clearly crypto.co.uk? Okay. That sounds amazing. And that, that will help people understand crypto. You know, you'll deliver things maybe more in layman terms so people can understand it. Um, and there'll be different tiers to the, to the offerings yeah. that you give through that. Yeah. Um clearly crypto, um Peter, when will that be coming out? So that's available? live now. Okay, amazing. So people can go to yep, your website they can go which to is
1: crypto.co.uk okay. and they can select I mean opt in for the free tier to start with. Yeah. See if you like the sound of what I'm doing. Yeah. Um and then if you want access to proprietary information, there will be uh, there's there's um, small snippets of the proprietary information on the website anyway so if you if you like what you see and you want to read more you can join the subscription
0: perfect amazing absolutely love that and um, I think that's a fantastic way for people to get into crypto understand it cuz I know there's a lot of people out there who are looking to invest money especially with the way interest rates are at the moment you know people do have pockets of you know five thousand ten thousand pounds and it's not really earning them any money but it's not enough to go and buy a property or any other firm investment but they're looking for somewhere to to put their money so um, definitely I'll be definitely checking checking that out so um, moving on to um, just a bit more around failure what would you say what what do you see fail forward is and what does that mean to you
1: so fail forward I see it as kind of an unrelenting perseverance to continue no matter what basically and this is where kind of the principles based approach comes to why are you doing what you're doing you know, I'm doing what I'm doing because I want to make money for myself through helping others make money. That's yeah. basically what I'm doing. And I far. can be really I could be really clear and really obvious, and there's no hiding yeah. that um, you know, I'm, you know, a capitalist, but I'm also a utilitarianism and I want to make sure that people benefit as a result of, of both practices. Sure. So that's where I'm kind of going from. And whether I do that in therapy, whether I do that through trading, whether I do that through you know, anything, anything that I decided to turn my hand to my business, my first business was called Catalyst Therapy, but it was the catalyst that I wanted to emphasize. I viewed the client coming in, me being the agent of change, the catalyst, and them leaving differently, but me not changing. I was a little bit naive in that because obviously I do change. You know, yeah, uh, sure. I'm not the I'm not a, am not an android. Yeah. You know, I am still going to change. And my perspective on the world is going to change through the people that I that I help um so you know i want to get to a point where i'm you know, managing you know 50 100 people's investments but doing it in a um principled base way where they're all facing the same direction they're all doing the same thing you know having this trading desk approach where one trading desk is doing something different to the other trading gestures creates too much cognitive distance for me yeah. and i'm just you know this is why having a discretionary approach to cryptocurrency is actually a problem because everyone has, you know everyone involved in crypto has their own ideas about crypto and you know you can argue into red in the face on reddit about who's right and who's wrong but ultimately it's down to the market decide who's right and who's wrong and no matter how firmly convinced you are of your opinion you're not going to affect the outcome sure so if you were to have say one investor say I want to do this and another investor say I want to do that who's right well it's probably best if we look for principles and negotiate based on um you know positions as opposed to um you know, principles you know and look at the well so they want to make 5% a year great fantastic they want to make 15% a year okay but the risk appetite for both investments is completely different the 15% has a 100% risk element the 5% has a 20% risk element. Okay, so what if we just give the 15% a three times the amount of investment that the 5% has? Great, fantastic, we'll balance everything out. They both get what they want from a positional aspect, uh, but they haven't um, risked a tremendous amount more to get the benefit that they're having. So that's what I'm basically trying to do with the fund is say, well, the wisdom of crowds theory in crypto actually has quite a place. Um, generally speaking, the majority, the majority are right in the long run, if you see what I mean. So right now, no one really is interested in buying cryptocurrency, apart from the people who I've called earlier, smart money. Yeah. But they're willing to sacrifice potentially it being down for the next six, twelve months for yeah. the long term gain. Sure. Okay. And you know, so people who are quote unquote dumb money down here will be going, well, I don't think the bottom is in, uh, so I'm not going to put anything in you could not think the bottom is in and put some money in that's a good start but they're going to think oh I'll, I'll buy at the very bottom i want it to see i want to see $20,000 for bitcoin might not ever get there sure and then the pundits will come out and they'll say bitcoin's going to go to $8,000 and then they'll be like okay that supports my view i've got some but you know when bitcoin was $3,000 people were saying it was going to, go to 1,000 never did so there's there's all this kind of um toing and froing um and you know failure is inevitable in any of that you know someone's going to be wrong and this is what you need to be kind of comfortable with if you're going to be a trader is you have to be comfortable with being wrong almost immediately sure so when i wake up in the morning if i check the charts uh, i instantaneously know whether what i believed when i went to bed is still applicable or not sure so yesterday over the weekend i bought um bitcoin 29 500 i didn't buy all in I thought it might go down to 27, 26. Today it's at 31.5. Uh, I was obviously right to buy. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I could have bought more. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, but then again, I might check in tomorrow and it might be down to 27. So you're never actually a hundred percent right, and you're never actually a hundred percent wrong. Yeah. There's always this failure is never an explicit event, it's just a process. Yeah. And when you get behind when you get the other side of that process, you realize that. Th- success is just inevitable or it's it's success is only the other side of failure so failure and success are the same size of the same coin basically um and because you've had four failures doesn't necessarily mean your fifth is going to be a failure as well and just because but paradoxically if you've had four successes the in your increase it's more likely you're going to have a failure because you're going to be overconfident because yeah. you're going to be um you know uh you know, too big to fail that kind of thing yeah. we see this all the time in trading where people you know they 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 have a string of successes and then they think they're masters of the universe and nothing's going to go wrong and then it blows up
0: sure and is this where you, you the way you'd have like a, a diff, lots of different pots essentially of different yeah different yeah funds so that you're you're diversification in. yeah yeah and then you're taking small amounts of profit yes. so you're always just making a little bit along along yeah. the way and yeah. when it's when it's obviously going into a decent market
1: yeah if um you know if you're looking to make out of the world returns you're probably going to make out of the world losses as yeah. well um and that's where diverse diversification in crypto because it's only a crypto fund is a little bit of um uh, it's a bit paradoxical because uh, i'm not really diversifying if you were to go to any financial advisor and say is this portfolio diversified they would say no because i'm not investing in different sectors it's all in crypto yeah but the the implicit assumption is that crypto is going to be the next web 3 yeah and if crypto is the next web 3 you don't need diversification outside of crypto in order to make returns you just need to protect the assets that you invest in and make sure those projects are going to be long stays of that development you're effectively buying into an emerging market but the emerging market is not geographically based it's worldwide based yeah um and as long as you can stomach those threats to that ecosystem and remain grounded and not have all your eggs in one basket and also not have your entire investment portfolio in cryptocurrency which is where i'm breaking that rule because i do have my entire investment portfolio in crypto um but then i'm you know kind of I- i'm in it for all or nothing returns basically because i believe it has all or nothing returns and if it's nothing then i've got a backup plan that's 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 there in the background um but i fundamentally believe that this is going to be the next kind of um web model that the world is going to work by so if i weren't in 100 percent, then
0: i wouldn't be in at all sure Sure. Yeah, and I think um, one my friend who talks about crypto, he says it's um, our generation's version of our parents um, if with property because a lot of yeah. our parents bought property and had a yeah. house at, and then then that was their retirement fund when yeah. they downgraded because of how the property market has yeah. gone over the last sort of 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, and he very much calls crypto that of of our generation. If you invest wisely now, then in many years to come, like you say if it if Bitcoin hits you know a couple of hundred thousand or whatever it's going to go to, then that's going to be very nice for someone's retirement yeah. in the future or or certainly helping pay off their house mortgage, whatever it may be. So yeah. so
1: crypto is actually too mainstream right yeah. now. It's become very correlated with the Nasdaq, and it's become very correlated with the stock market. That's not what's supposed to be. Crypto yeah. is supposed to be a multiverse. It's supposed yeah. to be different to regular money. Sure. And where your um, friend is coming with that is saying, yeah, the only way that millennials, Gen, uh, Gen X's, uh, without you know having the, being the one being in the one percent the only way that they're going to theoretically get ahead in life is by investing in crypto sure. because it's outside of that it's parabolic it's uh, exponential in nature because of its small market cap any investment at this down at this uh, low level uh, we're still low right now um uh, is going to be magnified by 510x more than you might in stock market. That doesn't need to say that when things are different, when the, the market cap of uh, cryptocurrencies is, bit, is beyond three, four trillion, there are other investments that you should be getting involved in. That's definitely not uh, that's definitely um, not what I'm saying. Uh, it's just looking at the market cycle, look at the timing. Timing right now, crypto is fantastic as a low asymmetric risk reward opportunity property on the other hand is is all-time highs stock market again was all-time highs um and just looking at that from a risk perspective is where am i likely to make the most money in the shortest time frame not really thinking explicitly about a time frame but in the shortest time frame crypto or in an asset that's probably going to decline before it goes any higher and if it does go higher its returns are going to be largely limited in sure. the current circumstances, yeah, and and the the mark, the cost to entry is yes is big exactly, as well, and so. there's a there's a there's a huge cost range entry. The cost to entry for crypto is education. Yeah, that's the that's the learning curve that needs to be overcome. Yeah, which obviously a lot of people will do, um, but you need to do it um, in a way that you're kind of um, resilient to the noise, resilient to the failure, resilient to, you know making small mistakes like even sending crypto between exchanges is is terrifying Yeah. because if you send it to the if you make one character the 25 30 strings of characters to send a bitcoin address if you make one mistake that's your money
0: gone i had to do that with um i had to send some stuff to coinbase because what's the other one that couldn't be in the uk anymore and binance yeah binance yeah and i had some i had about four grand in binance and i'd send it across and it was my friend had to talk me through it word by word and i was panicking because of the exact exact thing it was it was as you say terrifying so
1: and there's been loads of stories of people just literally just making small mistakes there's usdt and there's TUSD. so there's there's two stable coins that are really similar and if you get them wrong yeah, That's your money gone. Oh. There's no bank to phone yeah. up. There's no, you know, there's no regulatory body to phone up.
0: That's your money gone. Hence where clearly crypto is going to be that support mechanism for people that, that need that, which I absolutely love. So we're starting to get towards the end of our time. Um, I've really enjoyed today's um, interview. Have you got any sort of final words that you'd like to say to our audience?
1: Yeah, if you are looking at investing and you're looking at wanting to get involved in cryptocurrency, then please just have a chat with me. I'm available on LinkedIn. Um, I've obviously got my Clearly Crypto and Crypto Profit uh, books out there. So just stop stop me with a chat. I'm happy to have a coffee. Um, If you've got any general questions about crypto or if you want specific advice, then obviously we can have a conversation about that. Um, But yeah, if you've been scratching your head about crypto for a few years now and maybe had some friends who've done it, this, that and the other, you've obviously watched their... Uh, successes and failures from a distance that kind of thing and if you actually want to start understanding why um, you know crypto is probably going to be a really big thing in the next decade then I'm very open to having conversation
0: amazing it's been great to have you on board so audience please go and uh, buy peter's book uh, look up clearly crypto.co.uk and uh, yeah thank you for for being part of this episode so um thanks everyone for um listening and watching the fail for podcast and i shall see you next time